Transcripts and recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. Welcome to Light It Up, a podcast about resilient women balancing motherhood, their careers, personal lives, and all of the challenges that come along with being a superwoman. Each week, you'll be motivated to take action to lead, inspire, transform, and empower. Now, here's your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Light It Up. I am your host, Dr. Ajina Mashira. I am very excited about today's episode as I am every episode, but this one is just a little bit more special than the others because this month we are going to be talking about motherhood. And I have my family with me today, two of my cousins who were co-authors in the book, Women Who Persevere, Navigating Motherhood with Power and Grace, have agreed to join me today on Light It Up so that we can talk about the joys of motherhood. Um, So I have Wendy Anger, who is my cousin from Birmingham, Alabama, and Deatra Johnson, who's also from Birmingham, Alabama. just a little bit of the history, my grandmother and their grandfather were brother and sister. So that's how we're related. Um, This is probably a long time coming because I should have had them on Light It Up last year, but with the pandemic, um, just didn't materialize. Um, So couldn't think of a better time than to have them now. Um, as we are in the midst of celebrating Mother's Day um, this month. So this month is dedicated to mothers. And so I'm going to turn it over to Wendy and Deatra so that they could just give you a little bit of their background in history. And then we're going to jump right into the conversation about how uh, they have um, navigated motherhood because both of them have two children. Wendy has two sons. Dee has two daughters. Um, So I'm just going to stop talking. And Wendy, if you want to just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, we'll start with you. Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you for having me, Agina. About me. Well, um, uh, I just start from, I am a registered nurse at St. Vincent's Hospital and I work in the pain lab and I'm over that um, lab at St. Vincent's and um, also work you know, with my doctor and with patients and that kind of thing. And um, I was married for 16 years and I was in an abusive relationship uh, mentally and physically. And because of the level of knowledge that I had, I thought this is what you're supposed to do. Um, Although I didn't see that, I just thought, okay, I'm gonna hang in there for the long haul. So, um, and then within that marriage, two two boys came and um, then I began to think about them. I did not want them to experience what I had. So um, I divorced and raised two boys um, and tried to be active in everything that they did, wanted to be a part of their life. 
and wanted them to be in as much as they wanted to be. I, I, I didn't want to just because uh, my pocket might have been slim. I didn't want to stop them from doing anything. So um, I just kind of got them in different things. I just found out about different events that they could go to and I did it. Uh, and now that they're grown and on their own, I'm just very thankful that they, I've not had any trouble out of them. I've not had to get any of them out of jail. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I had my family to help me along the way. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say that, you know, you, you can do this. I mean, you, if the confidence is in you, you can do it and you can, and they will be, um, men who are contributing positively to society. Yeah, just because I'm a single mom, it doesn't mean that they have to go fall along the sideways. Right. It was, I knew. Yeah. And that's something that I think I want to touch on as we, you know, continue our conversation, because that was part of the reason why I wanted to write this book, because so often you hear people um, suggesting, at least that was my experience, that single mothers who are raising boys in particular are part of the reason why we have so many issues in our community. So I definitely wanted to use the book as a way to dispel that myth, because that is not always the case. So D, go ahead and tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Deatra Johnson. And as, oh, well, let me back up. Thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. Um, but my name is Deatra Johnson. And as my cousin Agina said, we are cousins um, from our grandparents being brother and sister. Um, so, um, I do thank her for having me here today. I too am a single mother of two daughters, Aaliyah and Kia. Those are um, my two daughters. Well, Kia is the oldest. I should say her name first. She's the oldest. And Aaliyah, you know, she's the baby. Um, my oldest is um, 21 years old. And my youngest is 17. Um, I am a banker. I've been a banker for the past 22 years. Um, I work at Service First Bank in Birmingham, um, where I am a cash management sales assistant. Um, like I said, I've been in banking for 22 years. Um, single motherhood, it has, has its challenges, mm -hmm. but through the help of God and family, you know, I was able to navigate, you know, and, um, you know, get on a path of, you know, where, like, you know, parenthood does not come with instructions. So, you know, you got to kind of learn it on your own and, you know, figure out balance and everything. And I can say that I believe that I've, I've raised two um, beautiful queens, you know, like Wendy was saying, I've, I've not had any issues with them, no problems or anything, you know, with the help of um, my family, um, you know, they, they, you know, help helped in a major way major way okay. so um like I said um single parenting it has its challenges but through it all you know in the next couple months my youngest daughter she will be graduating from high school so um in a few couple months or whatever I'll be having an empty nest yes. <laughs> so my um oldest one she's in her junior year at Jacksonville State University where in the beginning, she wanted to major in nursing, but she did a little shift change. Now she wants to be a respiratory therapist. So she has one more year to go. So 
you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, you know, what the future holds for both of them. Well, it's uh, so funny. I was just thinking about, uh, we both have Aaliyah's. So your Aaliyah yeah. is a year older than my Aaliyah. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> and and uh, I can tell you, I'm counting down too to being an empty nester, but I got a little bit uh, longer. <laughs> so both, uh, one of the things that I want to um, talk about is I think uh what I noticed both of you all um, stated in talking about just your background and um, and your children is that you both mentioned that you had your family who were involved. And of course, I'm sure that that makes a tremendous difference, you know, in terms of being able to raise children who are doing the right things and who don't get into trouble or, you know, don't cause any issues because you've got that additional um, support, your village. So can you all talk about, um, in the book, Wendy, I know you touched upon, you, you mentioned, of course, that you were married and you were in an abusive relationship. I think one of the things that's important to point out is that all of us come from um, families where marriage, I think, was probably put forth front and center for us. Um, all of us, our parents um, still married. And, you know, you all know my dad passed away almost two years ago, but my parents have been together for um, married almost 49 years, but have been together probably like 52 years, I think. Um, so oh, definitely over 50 years, they have been together. You all's parents are still married. At any point in time when you, Wendy, were going through, um, when you were married and you were going through your challenges, do you think um, that you remained in your marriage as long as you did because of the fact that your parents were still married and you knew how important that was to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I looked at, and I, I was talking to somebody the other day about this. I looked at their marriage and I knew that that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I, I saw how they did and, and, you know, and they got along and even in the, in the part where they, you know, argued, it wasn't, it, it was, it was good. It was like differences, you know, mm -hmm. but the thing about it is they, I saw what they had, but they're, they just, and I guess they just assumed that I knew what it took to get that. I didn't have the tools in choosing the right one because I guess they just wanted to assume that you want to know. But um, the, I looked at it. I knew that's what I wanted. And like you said, our family's long range marriages and, and that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. However, my uh, limited knowledge on what to look for, looking at his family, looking how he handled anger, looking how he did things. I didn't do that. I just saw that he was a man with hair on his face. And, you know, and I just, I thought, oh, I got me a man. But you, you have to instill in your children from very little, starting at seven, maybe, or at higher, mm -hmm. what it is that marriage takes or what it is that you're, you, you, you got to be a whole person in order to get, you know, attract somebody who is whole. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you're going to, you're going to look at all of the surface things and not make a right decision, which that's what I did because I thought I knew. 
And I mean, you know, grew up in the church and looking at them, you just assume, but it takes teaching. And so, yes, from looking at our families, I, I thought, yeah, that's what I want, long range marriage. And I stayed trying to make that work. But you have to have two people agreeing to work together. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's definitely the case because it takes two to be married, just like it takes two to have uh, children. Amen. <laughs> so yeah. You cannot uh, be in a marriage by yourself. And I, no. I had that experience um, as, as well. Now, Dee, um, for you, your parents, they've been married, I know it's over 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be 56 in June. Okay. 56 years in June. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you grew up in the church too. And right. your dad was deacon in the church, right? He's a, the assistant. The assistant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So tell me. <laughs> yeah. So how was that growing up? Um, and you talk about it in the book, you talk about, you know, in your chapter, um, throughout just your experience with being a single mom and how that may have been looked upon by people in, in the church. How, how did you feel when you were, you know, yeah. going through your pregnancy and during that time, you know, being pregnant with Kia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, I got pregnant with Kia at at age 21. Mm -hmm. So I was still fairly, you know, trying to find my, my way in life. You know, um, I had already started college at that time, um, you know, just trying to navigate, you know, and then boom, I end up pregnant. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, my dad, he's, the, he's still the assistant pastor of the same church that we attend today. And, you know, back in the day when someone had gotten pre pregnant out of wedlock, they would have the woman, for whatever reason, to stand up in front of the church and say, hey, I'm pregnant, you know, but the, the father was nowhere to be found. However, when I found out I was pregnant with uh, Kia, I didn't have to go through that, you know, Amen. but it was just the fact of people knew that I was pregnant and people knew who my father was and they were like, you know, she's a PK, meaning preacher's kid, you know, um, she's just like any other child and, you know, just having to deal with, you know, being labeled as a PK, you know, and now I'm carrying a baby out of wedlock and people looking at you funny, people saying stuff and it was hurtful, you know, it was hurtful because, you know, you like, okay, who else? I mean, just because you got pregnant out of wedlock, Everybody else may be sending another kind of way, you know, a, a different way than what I am. But it was like they were um, magnifying being pregnant out of wedlock. And that just put me in a different frame of mind. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. So, um, you know, that kind of, I kind of like pushed it to the side. And then a couple years later, boom, pregnant again. <laughs> you know, um, they are like three and a half years um well, four and a half years apart, age difference. And they were like, oh my God, what's really going on with her? You know, but this time I learned how to stand up on my own two feet and, you know, and, and get them told instead of them trying to get me told, you know, I knew then, you know, well, your sin, like I said, is you may be sending a different way 
you know, but just because I'm pre got pregnant out of wedlock, that doesn't make me any less than who I who I know I am, you know. So the second time I, I stood up for myself. So like I said, with my father being an assistant pastor, that did bring on, you know, challenges when I got pregnant out of wedlock. But like I said, the second go around, I just stood up on my own two feet. And you also have the support of your parents too. Right, right. Um, and right. It's and family. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It is something, although we don't share the same religious mm -hmm. um, faith, we I can certainly identify to being considered a, a, a PK. Right. And you are held to a different uh, standard because you cannot do any wrong at all. And I, I was laughing to myself when you were talking about, although as sad as it is to, as young women to be forced to stand up before the church, you know, to say that you're pregnant, right? I, I was thinking about how different things that I may have done, like when I was in college, uh, mostly when I was in college, it was, <laughs> it was cast, you know, forth uh, amongst the congregation on a Sunday. It was discussed. Like you couldn't do anything without someone knowing, you know, right. it, and, and like you said, people holding you to a different standard, yet all of us have sinned and will continue to sin as long as we are on the face of the earth. I think we all strive to live right. an upright and righteous life. However, I, you know, one person's sin can't be um, no considered, you know, no worse than another, mm -hmm. you right. know. So I'm glad that you were able to find your voice and stand up for yourself um, and not have to go through that because can you imagine though, and I don't know what you experienced, but I can only imagine, you know, having to go through that, like the mental anguish that you must have felt when you were going through that. I mean, pregnancy is hard enough, but then having to deal with what people are saying um, when you don't know what's going on behind their closed doors. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's right. Yep. So as, as you all um, have raised your children, I mean, because essentially you all have, well, Wendy, you have adults, but, um, and D, you have adults too. Like I said, I'm trying to... Um, <laughs> Get, get in that number. I got yeah. four more years to go. They'll pass by so quickly. Yeah. What would you all say was has been the greatest um, the greatest reward, I guess, um, to being mothers and going through the experience? Because of course. I'm going to speak for myself, but sort of speak for you all too. I'm sure growing up, you know, we all had this certain image of what we thought our lives would be. And things don't always turn out the way we, we plan. So what would you say has been the greatest reward with your experience raising your children? And then what has been the greatest challenge? And either one of you, whoever wants to go first. <laughs> Me? Okay. Well, the greatest reward I would say is um, going back to our foundation. Um, we grew up in a Christian home um, and just watching my parents, you know, and, and how they 
instilled in me and my siblings, you know, as far as going to church and, you know, uh, doing what's right. And, you know, and I turn around and I teach that to my children, you know, as they're coming up, you know. And so, um, you know, of course, we as parents, we don't always get it right all the time, you know. So it's not so much of the children getting things wrong. We get things wrong as well, you know. So my greatest reward thus far is now that they are women and they, you know, um, have reached the age of accountability, where they, you know, they make their own decisions, but I'm still there to guide them along the way. My greatest reward, one of them I, I would say is when I see them and how they react, what I instill in them, I can see it, you know? So I know my labor was not done in vain, you know, yeah. as far as um, being a mother to them and um, guiding them, you know, the right path and everything. I, I could see me and their grandparents, their aunts and uncles, I can see them in their life, you know, even the decisions, they may not make the right decisions, but like it's a passage in the Bible that says, um, train up a child in the way that they will go. And when they depart, they will not grow, you know, all from it. So it's like, it, even if they error in life, whatever I instill, whatever their grandparents instill, whatever their aunts, uncles, cousins instilled in them, they're going to hear that voice at some point and it's going to drive them back on the right path. So I would say just seeing my fruits, you know, seeing the fruits of my labor, mm -hmm. I'm seeing them manifest, you know, so that's one of the great, great rewards of parenthood. Okay. What about you, Wendy? Um, like D, I mean, you know, when you're raising them, everything is going so fast, you know, they're in school, they got activities and you're trying to feed them and you're, you're instilling these basic life principles in them. And um, you're teaching them who, who they are so that they can have a foundation. And when they go out there, they can't believe everything somebody else say about it. This is who you are. And so the reward for me is seeing them um, be, awesome men of God and also that they're making a difference for good like my son Trey you know um he he works all the time like like you said they, they don't get everything right but I, I see I see the future I see him and when he speaks how he commands the room authority of the rooms you know uh like we have like Wednesday night service sometimes and he'll come there sometimes Mm -hmm. And, you know, they allow them, the, the youth to come and say things. And when he stand up, I'm like, who is this? You know, I, I, I just, I'm so thankful yeah. because um, you see it, like Dee said, you, you train them up. They might go off somewhere for a little while, but they're going to come right back because you're, you're right. They hear the voice of you mm -hmm. when you're instructing them. And um, like my youngest, you know, and then this is something strange too, like, you have two different children in the same household. They're going to be totally, totally different. I mean, my youngest son, <laughs> he, he, he is like always from, from 10 years old, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. And every strive is going in that direction. And, and, and here he is, you know, we're waiting to hear that they have accepted him in medical school, but just, it's just an honor to see them be uh, just uh, men, who are, uh, does society good yeah. and men who can stand on their own that they don't have to believe 
everything somebody says, you know, about them. Like I, I'm talking about all the things that's been happening in the world amongst races and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that my boys, um, I have told them who they are. So it doesn't matter what somebody else say about them. Mm-hmm. They know who they are. Right. And it just gives me such an, it's so rewarding to see that, that I finally get a chance to see, even though when you're doing it, it don't seem like nothing going in, but when you see them flourish and you see them making a difference for good, it, it rewards you. I love seeing them do that. And like, you know, like my cousins, when I'm seeing Leah and Kim, when I'm seeing your children do things, you know, it's just awesome. And uh, that's, that's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if we can, as mothers, figure out how to um, get through this parenting, because of course, when you're going through it, like you said, you, you don't think that they are receiving anything that you are trying to teach yeah. them. I think that's the most frustrating part. And then I, I can tell you for myself, there's this one child in my house. <laughs> That I'm just like, Lord, have mercy, because yeah, yeah. I am trying to parent me, and ooh, mm, yes, mm, mm. yes, yes, and will. yeah, <laughs> and and then I and I think about, wow, is this what my parents went through? <laughs> you know, you want to forget some yes. of the things that you used to do and say, but yes. my youngest, I tell you the truth, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something about those younger ones. I, I, I can, I'm a, a I'm, you know, believe that it's something about the younger kids because you know, not to interrupt your conversation. Yeah, no, but, no. <laughs> but um, like um, we were saying, it's always you know, if you have more than one child, it's always a different one in the bunch. You know, and I say like the bold one. You know, mm-hmm. and that's for me. That's the baby. You know, she, she's the bold one. She, she just you have to kind of put your Put on her neck, you know. <laughs> you know, but you know, she's the she's the bolder one. You know, I guess she got it from me because I'm the bolder one out of five of us. So yes. I'm the bold one. So I kind of can, you know. But I still have to put in check, you know, mm-hmm. at yeah. times. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell I tell my girls because I I tell them all the time. I said mm, I I think God is trying to pay me back because he's getting <laughs> But I tell them all the time, I say, oh, you're going to get yours. And I can't wait to just sit back and watch. Wait. <laughs> it's coming. Yo. Yes, it is. It. Yes, it is. There is something, um, Wendy, in your chapters, um, well, you guys did something. Um, I had you all write a letter to your younger self. And we'll kind of talk, come to that. Um, but there's a, um, a quote at the beginning of your, of your chapter that says, if I am not good to myself, how can I expect anyone else to be good to me? And that was by Maya Angelou. And that, I'll just tell you, I selected that quote to start your chapter because listening to your story, um, I was in awe, I guess, with everything that you went through and, you know, you, you, you tried to stay in it as long as you could, but then one day you, it was like, you came to this realization that things weren't going to get better, but you had to be better, not only to yourself, but for your sons, because I think what stood out the most 
for me with your story is that you did not want your sons to think that the environment, the life that they were living was something that was normal. You wanted them to understand the importance of how a relationship should be and how they should treat women. What was the, I guess, that moment where you came to the conclusion that you had to be better to yourself so that you could be better to your boys? Okay, so um, one of the things that um, the whole time while I was in the marriage, I, I saw myself go from a confident woman to a non-confident woman because I put so much stock in what he said about me or how he felt about me. So everything became what he thought or what he said. It, do I need to wear these kind of earrings or to, do I need to put this lipstick on? Or he said I was this. So what the turning point was, and it took some years, it may took some years was, I had to realize who I was, that God thought of me as a diamond in the rough. He thought of me as something treasured. And so, um, and I know that sounds cheesy, but that's what turned the corner for me. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was somebody special that what he was doing was not God's best for me. And so I started, I, I, it wasn't like, I didn't leave right away. And I started hearing, I started hearing the word about who I was. I started hearing about um, being confident in who I was and seeing other people rise above what it was. So I started getting educated about who I was. I started getting educated about um, how can I, you know, and, and that I could do this without, without him. Because, you know, you always think you got to have him yes. uh, or, you know, I, listen, I love me and want a husband. I believe the right one coming along. But mm -hmm. I wanted a husband to love me. I wanted to know what it really felt like to be loved. And I knew this wasn't love. Mm -hmm. And so when I started realizing those things, I started building up a confidence in who I was. And so the little things that he would say was, you know, he, he would say, I want a divorce every now and then. Mm -hmm. So it, became, it came that one day. And all I knew is something switched inside of me. And when he asked me for it for that last time, I said, okay, I'm gonna give you what you want. And it shook him by surprise. It took him by surprise. I said, I'm gonna give you what you want. I said, you've been asking for it. I'm gonna give you what you want. And then, so then by then he wanted to go to counseling and things like this. I said, no, 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 we've gone to counseling. We've gone here, there, everywhere. We're not going to counseling right now. I'm gonna give you what you want. So it was that point. And even at that point, I knew it was something that I couldn't do it right then. I had, I had to have a plan, but I just, I just told him, I'm going to give you what you want. And I had a plan on how I was going to get away from him because I didn't want to argue with him anymore. I didn't want to fight with him anymore. And so as soon as he left, I took everything I could get out of that house, put it in my car, me and my boys, look, never looked back. I never looked back at, you know, it was a brand new home and everything. I was like, nah, I ain't looking back. But uh, I had to have the confidence that I was going to be taken care of, that I knew that uh, God was going to supply my needs. I, I had to have that confidence to know that. And knowing who I am, I would tell everybody, identity is everything. Yeah. Those people who are, who are uh, depressed and oppressed and all this kind of stuff and letting all these things get to them, they don't know who they are. They don't know their identity. So it's discovering who you are and, and being confident in that person that you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, it will give you a courage that you didn't know you had. So um, I hope that answers your question. It does. And of course, I'm over here chuckling because we are definitely cousins. Because, uh, and must have been married to uh, okay. similar Rubble. folks because 
my ex-husband asked me if I wanted a divorce and I said, yep, I sure do. He was not <laughs> expecting that answer. I mean, yeah. like you said, you, you I'm gonna give you what you asked for. <laughs> and so it's amazing how the tune changes when you give them the answer that they were not expecting. And I also did something similar. I packed up everything too and then said, hey, we're moving. Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> I wonder where you got that from. Hmm. I don't know. That's something that we both have that share that, that similarity. That's right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then D, with your chapter, we started off your chapter with the following quote. Your life is your story. And the adventure ahead of you is the journey to fulfill your own purpose and potential. That quote was selected because I thought about that when you um, finally realize that you had to stand up for yourself and that you were not going to allow your circumstances to determine your future. So can you just kind of talk about um, how you um, made, I guess, made the decision that you were still going to, because you finished school, you didn't allow your circumstances to, to determine what was next for you. Yeah. Um, well, of course, you know, um, I would say what the changing or the, the determining factor of that was, were my children. You know, um, a lot of times I would tell them that, um, you know, their peers, some of their peers are not as blessed as they are. Um, some of their peers, um, parents, you know, they come from single parenthood and some of them depend on government assistance to make it through life. And I was like, you know, I'm, are we gonna, I'm not gonna do that. You know, because I have the ability to get up and go to work every day, um, you know, and provide for my children. It was it was a struggle at times, you know, with one income coming in, you know, it, it was a struggle at times, but we made it through, you know. Mm -hmm. So just the thought of my daughters, I didn't want them to think that, well, my mom had us, you know, out of wedlock, then we're going to depend on the system. We're going to depend on the government system and all of this stuff. I didn't want that. You know, um, even though I probably could have applied, you know, for some type of assistance or whatever, but that wasn't going to be. So um, I said, well, let me, you know, keep striving. Let me go and enroll in someone's college or whatever. And because we're going to make it, you know. So um, going back to when I was praying with, with Kia, I had just started college, you know, I'm a two year institution, Lawson State Community College. And after I had her, um, of course, I had to sit out. I think I only sat out for maybe a, maybe one or two semesters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to get relaxed in this. Let me get back up and get started again. So I was able to graduate in 2002 um, with an associate's degree in um, computer science. So um, I did, you know, get that out the way. And here comes Aaliyah, you know. So I had her or whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep on until I get this bachelor's, master's, or however way God wants, however far God wants me to go. Mm -hmm. So I went on and went to Strayer University, 
where um, I got my degree or bachelor's degree in human resources. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just, you know, keeping on, like I said, I, you know, got my, you know, went on to college and graduated and got degrees. So I would say my girls, you know, they changed the tone in that because we were not going to be a statistic, <laughs> you know, as far as, and I'm not knocking people that do that because sometimes that's just what they have to do, you know, but I wasn't going to be a statistic in our household because I didn't want to my children to pattern themselves and say, okay, this is how we make it. No, you, you got some potential, you know, you got potential there. So that's why I'm happy that they made the decision. And I wasn't going to press school on them because, you know, quite, you know, naturally is, you know, once you graduate from high school, then you go to college and you graduate from college, you get married and have kids or whatever. But sometimes that plan is not that, you know, and um, I wasn't going to press school on them. I just wanted them to make a decision on their own. So I'm glad that, you know, my oldest, you know, she's a year shy of her degree, you know, for a respiratory therapist. And my youngest one, she's going to follow in her footsteps, you know, going to the same college or whatever. Her uh, major is not clear as of yet, mm-hmm. but I do know she will be going to um, Jacksonville State University as well. So okay. I would say, you know, my daughters, they, they changed that to me. they changed the tune of that and and i think that's um also just a a testament to um your upbringing um Mm -hmm. because i know your parents did not raise you to be one to just sit down and you know not be productive so that was definitely instilled i mean in 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 our family everybody Mm -hmm. is productive you got to do something and it's not to say that, you know, everybody has to go to college and get degrees because that just not may not be your journey. But right. being um, productive members of the society, I think, is definitely one thing that as our family prides itself in, in being and, and being good to other people. And I don't know why my grandmother, she just popped in my mind where she would say, it's just nice to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's just how I think we were all um, right. raised. And al- although I didn't, I wasn't raised in Birmingham, but I certainly spent enough summers down there where it was my second home. So I think even having that um, Southern mentality and spirituality in terms of just how you just do good family is first you know um you treat people like you want to be treated and and good is going to come back uh to you so d you um something that stands out in my mind also about um your experience and, and you talk about this in the book and i think this is something i am still your little no i'm the oldest Wait, yeah. Yeah. you are. <laughs> We're the same age, but I'm only the oldest between the two of us. Right. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I've been now, you know, I've been divorced for eight years and I cannot share in my story that I have a good co-parenting relationship. But you, my dear, I... <laughs> I tell you, people gonna have to take note of, and when they read your chapter, because you 
are very unique in that you have a very good co-parenting relationship with Kia's father, but also with her stepmom. And even the stepmom is not even really the title that Kia uses. So I even appreciate that too. Although I know sometimes we as mothers, as the biological mothers can sometimes be a little um, special. I, I can't even think of a good word to say besides special. Dear, let's just say different, different. sometimes. Yeah, because I can remember when my ex-husband, um, I guess he was engaged, I don't know, but he's not married. So neither one of us remarried, but he was supposed to remarry. And, but anyway, I remember, <laughs> I remember her telling my children that, oh. they, so they, my children will call, if you are like all of my friends, they won't call them by their first names. They know they can't do that. Everybody is auntie and uncle. And then you can say their first name, but you got to put a title in front of it. And that's just the way my children were raised. So when they met their father's girlfriend, they called her, they put miss in front of her first name. So I won't say her name to protect uh, her identity. But I remember that they asked her when he told them that, you know, they were going to get married and they said, so what are we supposed to call you? And she said, bonus mom. And they came home and told me that. Uh oh. <laughs> I was like, no, what's the bonus? I was confused. <laughs> this is not what we're doing here. So we had to have a little um, conversation. We had to have a conversation about a lot, but needless to say, how do you, and I will, I will admit for myself, I, at that time was very protective of my children. And I, and I, as I explained to her, like, I need to know what type of parent you are, because there were some things that transpired that I personally thought was inappropriate. You know, like we didn't, um, my children, when their father and I got a divorce, to show you how, I guess, um, sheltered they were, they thought, and they were eight and five, I think, but they thought that in order for people to have children that you had to be married. So they didn't understand like a girlfriend and a boyfriend, they could have children. That, that was foreign to them because they didn't see nobody in our family, you and our immediate family, everybody was married. So they didn't understand that. Um, and my ex-husband had moved her into what was our family home and they were not married. So that presented a problem for me because that's just not the values that I was trying to instill in my children that we don't do that. You don't live together before you get married. You know, when they're adults, I guess they could do whatever they want to do, but that wasn't how I was raised and that wasn't how I was raising, planning to raise um, our children. So that I had a, a huge problem with that. And I expressed my concerns. So, <laughs> so we obviously didn't have to get to the point where we were co-parenting with the, with the stepmother, but can you kind of enlighten the audience on that particular journey for you? Because I'm just fascinated by it. And I think it's, it shows maturity. Um, yeah. 
And you said the key word, it, it, you have to mature mm-hmm. to that point. Um, now, mind you, you know, it wasn't always peaches and cream in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I found out I was pregnant with Lee or Kia, um, he did want me to have an abortion because he said that he wasn't ready. Um, I think at that time he was getting ready to go into fireman school. So he was trying to, you know, get that established and everything. And um, I told him I wasn't going to have an abortion. That was just that, you know. But um, after I had Kia, you know, of course, we weren't together. Um, he wanted, he ordered a, a paternity test. And I'm like, in the beginning, I was like, why do you want a paternity test? But then he went and told me that, you know, something happened to him in the past where this girl said that, this was his child, but then later on, he, he determined it, that was a lot. So I understood, you know, why he wanted a paternity, you know, test for that matter. But um, I would say maybe when Kia was maybe six months, maybe nine months, that's when he went on and, you know, he got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I'm like, you, you know, uh, I was raised in a home where the, the parents were together. They were married. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to get married. We're going to raise this child by ourselves. But And then his parents were married, too. So I'm like, okay. So I can remember one night he came and got Kia, or one day he came and got Kia. And he was, I was calling him to tell him, look, it's getting late. You need to bring Kia home. So when I was talking to him, I heard this lady giggling. <laughs> In the background. Now, mind you, my baby is still little, little. You know, she's still a baby. I'm like, who is that? You know, and when I found all of that out, that's when all, excuse my language, hell broke loose. (laughs) You know, it it broke loose. Yeah. And I was like, what? So we just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know. And it kind of died down for a little bit. And I think it was Kia's first birthday, maybe two years she was two maybe one or two mm-hmm. and I had her birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. and guess who he brings to the party the girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> I was like did I tell you to bring her oh I remember you I remember me telling you to bring lady I don't even know her and you know how we are you know we you know mm-hmm. and something just wrote something just came in my spirit and calmed me down, you know. And she just came over there. She was just so nice. She was talking to me and, you know, and everything. And I was like, okay, something don't seem right, but it is right, you know, because I'm like, okay, what, what's going on right here? Mm-hmm. So um, Kia, she was a very sickly child in the beginning. I'm going to say maybe the first two years when after I had her, she I was always in the emergency room with her. Mm-hmm. And I can remember this particular day, she stayed with her dad at this time. And um, they had her that night. And she had an um, allergic reaction. To, well, she had this thing called RSV, mm-hmm. something yeah. going on with her respiratory. So they had to end up rushing her to the hospital or to the emergency room this particular day. And I was on my way heading to work. And she had called me. She's like, look, D, I'm heading to the um, children's hospital uh, Kia had an attack. I need you to meet me to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So of course I took off that day and I headed right on to the children's hospital. 
And so we're just sitting in the waiting area or whatever, you know, waiting for them to call Kia back and, you know, just having a casual conversation, you know, just like two grown women, you know. And I can remember an officer came and he was like, okay, which one are you, the mother and which is the stepmama? And I'm like, well, I'm the mother. And then he was, she was like, I'm the stepmama. He was like, you know what? Y'all have a unique relationship. Now, I can't tell you when that changed. I don't know. I, I don't know. But he just came to us. He's like, y'all have a very rare relationship. And ever since then, it's just, I could call her my best friend. You know, I can call her my best friend. And I've always told her dad that, you know, if something was to happen to me, you know, I, I know she'll be in good hands, you know, because I, and I tell him all the time, he chose, he chose the right one, but he didn't choose the better one, okay. you know, but I'm just, <laughs> I tell him that all the time, but, you know, we have a very, very good relationship. Now, this Aaliyah's dad is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he wasn't in her life. You know, he wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, you know, my dad and, you know, her other grandparents on the uh, on his her dad's side and, you know, my brothers and all of the men in our family, you know, they took up that fatherly you know that fatherly stance or whatever and um I can say now and I think you probably read my post yesterday on Facebook about how um my sister is going to be accompanying her to Houston well he's on his third wife (laughs) yes he's on his third wife so but I guess they always say number three is a charm. I was able to meet her. Um, she she did fly into Aaliyah's. It was a senior night or something she was having during football season a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And when I met her, we just clicked. Okay. So I've always said, you know, we can't go back in the past. You know, there's nothing I can do to change it. Um, and I did let her know as she was coming up, you know, if you decide to have a relationship with her dad, you know, that's on you. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago, she came and told me that she, during spring break, she wants to go and visit her, her dad and um, his wife or whatever. I'm like, okay, you know, but like I said, when I met her, we just, we clicked, you know, so I'm going to just say that was just a God ordained thing because, you know, at some point. I was, my prayer for him was that he did meet someone that was suitable for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, she's going to be able to be with him, you know, and maybe this will be the start of a brand new thing, you know, um, as she, you know, uh, develops a relationship with her dad and he develops a relationship with her. So um, she will be flying out to Houston in the next two weeks to, you know, just see how that goes. So, And of course, Auntie, the second mom, she's stepping in to uh, for uh, Leah's uh, trip. Well, you know, aunties are wonderful yeah. anyway. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so they are. Now, okay, the other thing that the three of us have in common now is that none of us well so wendy i don't know how long have you been single now oh um <laughs> since 2003 it's a long time that's a long time <laughs> it's a long time but i'm telling you um i do believe that um i'll meet that person and um and that uh, he has to be somebody that god has appointed because 
in the time that I've been uh, single, um, gosh, I mean, I have, um, God has just been grooming me mm-hmm. and I'm okay, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to experience real love before I leave this earth. I'm going to experience that. And so um, I, I'm, I've just been enjoying myself. I've been traveling. I've been doing everything that I want to do. I am not unhappy okay. and I'm not desperate and I am not, you know, just trying to go get anything. I'm not that at all. I just, I thank God for where I am because it, it took a growth process. And if I, in the natural, when I look at it, how long it's been, you could get frustrated, mm-hmm. but then time is not time to him. <laughs> and I'm, I got a long life to live and I'm so I'm, I'm enjoying my life. So yes, it's been since 2003 and uh, yeah, I've dated in, 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 you know, some, in between there um but here's what happens when you uh agenda this is what happened when you as long as you stay single the more you get to know you yes. and the more you get to know that you don't have to tolerate anything to come your way mm-hmm. and and the more you are um you're you can discern what's real what's not real and uh and, and people will say you pick it, but it's not that at all. It really is. You don't want to get stuck in that same predicament by just rushing into something or some, something that's not right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that's what happens. The more, more you get, but, and I do believe, I've seen it happen though. I've seen ha- women, long period of time, and then boom, that, there, he, there he is. And it's, it's the right man for her, you know, and I've seen it happen. So in the meantime, I'm just going to enjoy my life and 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 have a good time uh, doing that. Uh, like I said, we can't look at it in natural. We can't look at it in natural. You have to keep on going. Time is just just a number. So that's right. So, yeah. D, what about you, ma'am? <laughs> well, <laughs> now, um, going back to what we talked about, you know, in the beginning, you know. Um, how we were raised with our parents being married, you know, and I'm the only one left out of my siblings who is not married, you know, never been married or whatever. Um, Now, you know, as a little girl, we have this dream, you know, I want to be married, I want to be married, you know, and I thought that my life would kind of be like a resemblance of my mama, you know, I think she married like at 22, Mm -hmm. 23, well, look at me, you know, 21, I did the reverse, you know, pregnant or whatever. But um, now when my girls were little, you know, I did, you know, date or whatever, but I was just careful of who I brought around them. Um, And being that we nowadays, you know, well, back then it used to be, you know, you need to watch your girls or or who you have around your girls, but now you got to watch your boys too. You know how you have around who you have around your boys right so it was a way for me do I want to marry yes I do Mm -hmm. um I um you know when they were growing up I just didn't want to bring another man over them you know or a man I ain't gonna say another man but a man over them I don't want that um because you know I just didn't I don't like drama really I don't and, you know, and, and another thing, I didn't want them to feel like he was taking me away from them. You know, I didn't want that to be. But now, you know, I am dating. 
I keep that on the DL, you know, I don't put my, I don't expose it, <laughs> you know, I don't go out flashing it or nothing like that until it's time, right. you know, the only people that know it, you know, my family, they know some of my friends, now y'all know, <laughs> well, now everybody probably know yeah, now probably. that, I'm it, but they just don't know the who in it. Um, the family, you know, they know, and he's a very, very nice guy. Um, we've been knowing each other for, I'm going to say maybe right at maybe 10 years, you know, um, but we dated, you know, for about maybe two, three years now. So, so this um, so yeah. previously and you're dating again. Have you ever dated him? Yes. We, we've talked a couple of times and then it just wasn't the right time. And then we come back and come back around full circle. So, yeah. I think, I look, I don't know the person personally, but <laughs> we're going to talk offline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he's good people. Um, and, and, you know, we always, you know, girls, we look up to our dads and we, we're like, you know, I want somebody like my dad or, you know, and a, like what Wendy was saying, a lot of times people think you're being picky. I'm like, you know, this is just what my prayer is. You know, I'm not saying I want somebody exactly like my dad, but having the characteristics mm -hmm. that my dad have, because mama, she will, uh, she will quickly tell you they broke the mold in it. But you no, know, I just believe it's some good, it's still some good men yeah. out there. You know, they may not be to that caliber, but you know, it's some good men out there. Yes. So hopefully, you know, once I get this last one settled in and do what she needs to do, hey, who knows? Oh. We'll see. Well, <laughs> look, I keep saying, cause I've been divorced for eight years and I feel like the longer that I am divorced or yeah, the longer that I'm single, I mean, and it's not like I haven't been in a relationship, so. I, I was in a five-year relationship and, and I do feel like I know that I had an opportunity to experience yeah. what I feel like was true love, um, right. you know, and part of that I think has also been the challenge that I've experienced because I know I was treated very well in those five years, um, but, you know, sometimes people are taken from you too soon. Yeah. And so I couldn't exper experience like that final step yeah. to marriage. Yeah. But I definitely, when I'm dating um, men, because I, I, I will date. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I do, you know, kind of compared to when you've been treated a certain way and you're looking for somebody who can measure up to what you're looking for so and I've been told that I'm picky and I'm like well I feel like I deserve a certain type of man in my life so if that means that I'm picky then I guess I have to be picky um but I and I will say to um D that in my mind I feel like once Kalisa's is gone and she graduates from high school then you know maybe that's when that time will be because I also feel I feel like I don't want to try to I don't want to be in a situation where my children may feel like like you said that 
they're no longer the priority or important because I mean, for eight years, I've been doing this by myself. So I recognize that it might be a little bit of a challenge for me to try to balance, you know, that Mm -hmm. in that way. But honey, your your little cousin put me on blast uh, yesterday and just out the blue. Now I'm minding my own business, not bothering her. (laughs) That, Mommy, uh, so are you ever going to remarry? And I said, you know, when the right person comes along, then I will. She said, well, can you hurry up and get the right person? Because I don't want to live in the house with you by myself next year. It would be boring. And I'm a step-sibling. She really did put you on blast. And I said, well, I don't want to live at home with you by myself either. (laughs) you have put me out there. I said, you don't want me to wait until like you graduate from high school? She was like, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got a strong one over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not doing a good job of having prospects because the one person that I was uh, dating that I really, really, um, I liked them. Um, the, my children. So it's the girls who are always in my business. My son he, you know, oh yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't really. <laughs> he pays attention, but he won't say much. But the girls were like, uh, "Well, you so busy talking about you all are just friends. How long? How how long you got to be friends?" Oh my goodness, <laughs> wow. they're, they're paying attention. <laughs> so I, paying told, I told them that friendship is the foundation to any relationship. Right. So yeah. it's important for me to be friends with the person. Because I feel like when when you um, are in a committed relationship, I mean, it's not going to be wine and roses every day. That's so right. if you have that foundation of friendship, then the times when you are a little frustrated with that individual, you could think about why you are really with them because you were friends first. Right. 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 So we That's shall advice. Yeah. <laughs> So we shall see. Um, So let me uh, ask you all as we kind of wind down. um, And again, I thank you. I'm glad that we were able to just kind of chit chat just about um, our experiences. Um, What advice would you like to leave the audience for any Person who is listening because I can't say any woman because I 25% of the listeners are men which is great oh, wow. so yeah. I'm really excited about that what advice would you give um, a man or a woman mother or father I guess um, about um, raising children as a single parent what, what kind of advice would you give them um, I guess in, as far as, um, if, if it seems like, you know, it's a challenging experience that they're going through, what words of wisdom can you share? Um, I'll start. Um, the thing is, is that, um, when they're in your house, you are parenting and, uh, not to try to be their best friend. You want to listen to them. You want to, um, you know, you want to uh, encourage them and you want to build them up so they'll be ready to go out. But you don't, you're, you're our parenting. So, um, and, and there is no, um, you don't want to be 
to the point where you're allowing them because see, they're trying to form their attitudes. They're trying to form their ways and, and you need to be the guide. So when they're saying something out of line, you need to let them know. When they're going out of line, you need to let them know and let them know what your limitations are because they're in your house. You got to know who you are as well because when you're not confident, they see that. Children are more, they can see, they are, they can see transparency in parents or, or, or whoever they're around. They can see it more than an adult can. They see that you are not confident in who you are. They see that you're not, um, that you're not consistent in who they are. They're looking for consistency. They're looking for your love. Un, nothing can stop the love that, that you want to always give them love. You want to always like uh, cherish them and let them know that they are important. You let them know that, that the sky's limit for them. There is nothing, no limitation. Don't you let whatever the circumstance situation is, you don't let them sit there and think that this is all they have. No, you, you expose them to everything. So uh, those are my points. Be confident in who you are. Expose your children to a lot of different things because they only know as much as you allow them to know. And then also you have your limitations. You have your boundaries and you love them through it. Love is not letting them do anything. Love is directing them in life to be honorable to others and to love. Um, so I would give those pointers for your children. Okay. What about you, Dee? I'm going to piggyback off of what Wendy said. You need that example. Let them know that you are the parent, you know, especially, you know, in my situation where, you know, Kia, she would, she would live between two homes. You know, she'll go and stay with her dad a couple days or whatever. Then she'll come back to me. But, you know, certain things that he may allow her to do that I didn't allow her to do, but she knew because I set the standard where, when you're back in my under my roof, you're going by what I say because I'm the guardian, I'm the primary parent, you know. And thankfully, we really didn't have any issues with that, you know, because she knew at an early age, mama didn't play, <laughs> you know. So, you know, let them know who the parent is, you know, who, who you are the parent. And like um, Wendy was saying, as we navigate, you know, begin to show them that they are somebody, you know. You don't ever have to answer to something that you know that you're not, you know, don't ever allow someone to validate you when you know who you are, you know, you already know, you know, who you are. So if somebody comes and says something other than what you know, it's not true because you're standing on who you already know. And most of all, prayer, you know, pray, 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 you know, pray every day, you know, allow God to um, instruct you wherever you need to go sometime. It may not feel comfortable, you know, especially when he's leading the way sometimes it may not feel comfortable to us because we're so we're comfortable doing things our way, you know, and sometimes when we do things our way, we may be mess, making a mess of things. So pray and allow God to acknowledge your your ways in anything that you do, because children, you know, like they say, it takes a village. <laughs> it definitely takes a village to raise children this day and um you know, I thank God for my village. You know, I thank God for my family. I just, I mean, even if they weren't family, but they helped along the way, you know, I'm thankful for them. So if, even if someone that wants to tell you, you know, hey, you may want to do this, try not to take offense to it. You know, just, you know, glean from whatever they're trying to say. Like my pastor always say, 
uh, eat the meat, but throw away the bone, you know, just take it and, um, you know, and try to apply it, you know, but those are my points. But number one thing is pray. Prayer, prayer changes everything. So ladies, I think that is great advice to give to our listening and viewing audience. I just want to thank you all so very much for agreeing to share um, your story. I really appreciate it. I think that you guys have shared some really good points and I am just so proud of you all. Um, you too. Me too, girl. <laughs> but proud of the children. The family. <laughs> yes, I'm proud of the children that you all have raised. Um, you know, just we are truly blessed. Amen. That's all I can say. Because Amen. when you look at just what's going on in the world today and some of the challenges that families experience, you know, with their children, I thank God every day. Amen. That, you know, I this too, not to cut you off, but a lot of times, you know, a lot of people be like, they're asking me, what kind of family do you come from? Y'all, y'all seem like the perfect family. I'm like, we're not perfect. You know, because we have our flaws too, but right. I do believe our grandparents, they set the foundation mm -hmm. and that foundation was love, you yeah. know, and, that, and that's all we know. You know, once that foundation is set, we build from it. So mm -hmm. I'm just thankful that the foundation that our grandparents and great grandparents, those that came before us, the, the foundation that they laid, we're continuing to do it today. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to instill it in our children so that when we we get older, you know, I'm not old yet, <laughs> but you know, it's going to come a time, you know, we turn 80, 90 years old and then our, we look back in our children. That's the reward that we'll see that our children is continuing the legacy mm -hmm. that was left behind. So, you yeah. know, yeah. So well, I'm, I'm definitely um, blessed to be a part of this family and to know that I've got some wonderful cousins who are doing some great things and have some wonderful children. So thank you, um, both of you for being an example for me too, because I'm telling you, Dee, I'm still going to be striving and working on that. I'm going to um, pray for you, Regina. Yes, please. It can be done. It can be done. <laughs> pray for me, for real. I got you. If you all only knew. <laughs> That's Let's do another all. Zoom another day. Yeah, that's another day. <laughs> well, I want to uh, thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of Light It Up. I hope you enjoyed uh, being able to see some of my family. Um, and I hope you uh, enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. And make sure you tune in next week for another very interesting guest. We're going to continue the conversation with some moms who are doing some extraordinary things. So until next time, remember to continue to light it up and shine bright like a diamond. Thanks for joining me this week on Light It Up. Make sure you visit my website at www.lightituppodcast.com or www.ajinamohammed.com. You can also find me on social media using the handle at lightituppodcast. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next time, Light it up 
and shine bright like a diamond.